Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. But of course, you already knew that. You've found the show. You've found Mike Adelic. You've subscribed. You've downloaded it. And you're listening to it. So really, there's no reason for me to intro the show like that anymore. I guess I'm just a creature of habit and have been doing that for a while. Uh, I guess if you're, you know, if you found Mike Adelic and, uh, and you're listening to the show, you don't necessarily need to be reminded of what you're listening to. Um, <laughs> reminds me of actually a, a great uh, joke by comedian Brian Regan, who says, uh, he's like, why, why do they have to put the title of the book on top of every page in the book when you're reading it? He's like, do people forget what they're reading? You know, they're reading through the book and then they get confused. They're like, what am I reading? And then they go and they look at the top and they see the title and they're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> if you don't know Brian Regan, he's, a, he's great. He's a really silly, weird, um, funny comedian, clean comedian, uh, but uh, enjoyable. I enjoy him. He's, he's funny. He's put out some good stuff a while back. I, I, I don't know if he's put out anything recently, but yeah, he's got some good, good things in there. Good material. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to a brand new episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening, and uh, thanks for the thanks for all the love. Thanks for showing your support. Um, really appreciate it. We have 138 five star reviews, uh, ratings, and reviews in Apple Podcasts now, which is great. And uh, I highly encourage everybody, if you can, to just take out your phone, go to Apple Podcasts, to Mike Adelic, and just scroll down. You know, to where it says leave leave a review, uh, or it says ratings and reviews rather, and I think it just says tap to rate, and you know it would help out the show tremendously if you could leave a five star uh, rating. If you want to go a step further, leave a review. Those are always really really nice. Um, but what this does is this is the way it helps the show grow and spread. And if you like what's going on here. That's great. I mean, I'm, you know, just so overwhelmed with joy and appreciation and gratitude when people go and take the time to do that. Uh, it really just it bumps the show up in in the algorithm and Apple Podcasts. The more ratings and reviews that come in in a given period of time. So, like for example, if if the show just got like a hundred ratings and reviews over the course of like two weeks or something like that. Uh, there's a good chance that Mike Adelic could appear in the what's hot, what's trending category. There's a the new and noteworthy category, but we're not in that anymore. Uh, it could be the the what's trending, what's hot category where we're featured on the homepage of Apple Podcasts. And then people who are wanting to hear this kinds of the kind of things that we're talking about get to find them. And that would be a huge help. So thank you. This uh, couldn't do this show without you guys, so I appreciate the, the love and support. And if you want to go a step further, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank, B-R-A-N-C, and you can donate as little as a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever you want uh, a month, and that helps support the show and keeps us going. So thank you very much for all that. Well, we have a good show for you today, and I say good because it is with Bill Burns from Good. Cinema. Good Cinema is an organization here in Denver, Colorado, in sunny but cold and not depressing Denver, Colorado. It is a beautiful day out, even though it's cold, the sun is shining, and that really makes it bearable. 
So really enjoying it out here, getting to meet a lot of really interesting, motivated people that are creating uh, really cool, unique things like Good Cinema. Good Cinema is uh, a film series that happens here in Denver at the Alamo Draft House, where people get to come together in an auditorium, in a movie theater, sit down in their seats and watch thought-provoking films, and then have a panel of experts answer questions and talk about the material discussed in the films after uh, the screening. And then they open it up to the audience and they get the audience involved and they get people talking and they create a dialogue and people get to share their stories and their thoughts and their opinions and ask questions. And it's really, really awesome. It's a great idea. It's an amazing way to get out and get connected with people. And they partner with charities and nonprofits in order to help drive action in the community, get people involved. Uh, because really, that's the only way that we're going to make any sort of change around here. And um, this is such a great thing because I wish that this existed in you know New York when I was watching a lot of interesting documentaries. And, you know, I think we all have a tendency to, to watch really interesting stuff, whether it's like on YouTube or, you know, documentaries that we see. I, I remember seeing the Zeitgeist movie series, the Zeitgeist, which is, uh, I think, by Peter Joseph and was really, really interesting talking about, you know, the, 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 the history of the Federal Reserve and the banking cartel and, you know, sort of control and manipulation in society and like where we're going and all these sorts of things. And then I watched that great documentary by Adam Curtis called The Century of the Self, which is so amazing. Uh, I definitely recommend those. Go check those out if you haven't seen them. So many great documentaries, DMT, The Spirit Molecule. But you watch these documentaries, you watch these films, and then you're, you know, you want to talk about them. Maybe sometimes you, you want to talk about them with people that don't really want to hear about them or they're not interested. So getting people together to come out, get out of your house, get out of your sweatpants, you know, turn off your, your TV, go somewhere, sit down and connect with people and join other people and join experts and really talk about the story, the message that the film is trying to communicate and what we can do to, to, to help uh, jump on board with, with some of these messages that these films are communicating. So. It's awesome. It's an awesome thing. And I highly encourage anybody who's here in Denver to go check it out. Uh, go check out their events and go follow them. Go find them. Uh, goodcinema.co uh, is their website, www.goodcinema.co, and uh, Good Cinema on Facebook, Instagram. And you can find out when their next events are and what they're doing. I know they're going to be holding one uh, on psychedelics in March. Um, there's a lot of really cool. Uh, film series that they're that they're doing so check that out it's awesome and what else oh uh go follow mike Adelic on instagram go follow me on instagram you know i created an instagram profile or page or whatever the fuck it's called like a while ago and um i just didn't really do anything with it uh i was posting more to my regular you know my personal account and not really doing anything but uh you know, that was mainly because I was so addicted to social media and I was just on it all the time and I just wanted some, I wanted a break, I wanted some separation, but it's better now that I'm using it intentionally for the show. So I'm going to, I'm creating more content. I'm releasing, uh, I'm doing quotes and I'm giving my take on them, like books that I've read and impactful quotes from those books and kind of giving my take on those, um, cutting out 
podcast clips from episodes and sharing them on social media. I'm posting memes when I see something that I think is funny or something like that. I'm posting some funny memes. Uh, I'm also posting um, little short video clips because sometimes what happens is you know, I get on this show and I talk and I have some good conversations with people and then I do solo shows as well. But that that's not just contained to the podcast, guys. I am constantly ranting and raving about all sorts of things, you know, either to my girlfriend over breakfast in the morning or to friends out at night or to myself on a walk, you know, in the park or something. So I'm going to try and capture those those moments where I'm kind of just going off on a topic and um, and put that into a little video format. I mean, it's just, a, you know, my iPhone and me on video. So I don't know why I said video format, but you get what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm just going to call it Mikeadelic Mike Rodoses. Ha <laughs> ha, ha ha, how clever. Um, <laughs> such, such genius here, uh, folks. So, but, uh, but yeah, those are going to be like short little videos. They're going to try and capture moments where I feel like maybe I'm, I'm hitting on a, a cool topic and I'm flowing and I feel connected, which I don't right now. And maybe you can tell I'm feeling a little disconnected for whatever reason, but sometimes I just get into a connected flow state and I, and I can just start going off. So I'm going to be releasing videos, uh, where I'm talking about certain things. Um, you know, most recently I was talking about the new advancements in technology and how, you know, really it's, it's always a double-edged sword. You know, we have technology and it grows and it's doing all these things and it's cool and people are really excited about it, but, you know, really we're, we're just kind of enslaving ourselves more and isolating ourselves more if we're really just kind of mindlessly using the technology. And, you know, the technology is always introduced as ways to make us more efficient, you know, more efficiency, more efficiency so we can be more productive, you know, citizens and so we can keep working nonstop and, you know, stay on the treadmill and don't get off because you don't need to because you'll have an Amazon drone that'll fly into your office and deliver your a hot dog when you're hungry and you know all these efficiency tools and and security and safety tools right like this fucking social credit system that's that's going on in China if you haven't heard about this go look into it it's straight out of black mirror and it's fucking terrifying um i recently was listening to richard dolan who i highly recommend richard dolan just i'm not going to say anything more about him just Go to YouTube and search Richard Dolan. Uh, he's fantastic. I think he's a really brilliant thinker, one of the best ones we have right now. And he was talking about, you know, the the, the new five G technology that's coming into place and uh, in the infrastructure and this social credit system that China installed. And basically, what it is is it's a it's a social credit system. It's like a credit score. But instead of just for your finances, it's a credit score for your life. So the Chinese government gets to decide what, how worthy you are based upon how, you know, if you're a good little boy and a good little girl, if you're good little citizens of the government, then they're going to start rewarding you with, you know, if you, if you go along with their messaging and what they want you to think, as soon as you start, you know, dissenting, or having any of your own thoughts and opinions that don't align with the status quo of the established power, then uh, 
you know, then you're in trouble. You're basically, you're gone. So look into that. It's crazy. And the reason why I think it's, you know, it's, it's 100 million percent coming here to America and people are going to love it. People are going to want it. People are going to want it because there's so much divisiveness and polarization and uh, separation and arguing. And, you know, there's racists and there's Nazis and there's bigots and there's child molesters. And so wouldn't it be great if we knew people's social credit scores so we could tell if there's like a good, if there, if whatever area we're in, there's good people or bad people, you know, wouldn't it make us feel more safe to know, you know? And so that's how it's going to be sold. It's always sold with a smiling face. It's always sold as, you know, a help, uh, you know, safety, security, efficiency, and people will clamor for it. And that is scary. Very, very scary because we think that progress equals technological innovation uh, and, you know, material external things. But really, if we keep just going that way, we're going to enslave ourselves if we haven't already. Uh, we're going to enslave ourselves willingly, gleefully, and... Um, yeah, and we're and then we're gonna wonder what what the hell is going on, but maybe we won't because it'll just be the new normal, and people will just get used to it because human beings are very good at adapting to changing circumstances. So we're really we really have to just be careful. We have to be aware, and we have to use technology consciously. We have to use media consciously. We have to start using technology to get, you know, to find the others, bring them out and commute and get together with them in community so that we can start designing the world that we want to live in and not living in the world that's designed for us to live in. All right. Well, that's just a little tidbit of the uh, thoughts and ideas that I wanted to talk about. I went much further and much deeper, but I think I'll be maybe releasing something like that on my Instagram soon. So check that out. Mikeadelic underscore podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and check out Hemp Bombs. Go there. Uh, put in the code Mike15 and get 15% off CBD products. Go to Synchro for plant-based keto nutrition products and get 20% off. Just put Mikeadelic in at checkout. All right, without further ado, Bilisibin was uh, the name that was bestowed upon Bill Burns for this podcasting episode. Actually, he came prepared with that name, seeing that, uh, you know, I am Mikeadelic, or at least people refer to me as Mikeadelic, and this is the show Mikeadelic. So Bill came in with his psychedelic name, and uh, that's Bill Asibin. I thought it was pretty, pretty clever, if I must say so myself. So without further ado, Bill Burns from Good Cinema. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Or is it 
perception. Information is power, but we have to seize, see the opportunity, the opportunity, the opportunity. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Bill. Uh, I got to say, you've been just an awesome person since, you know, moving here from New York, coming to Denver and uh, hooking up with you and other people. And, um, you know, just uh, there's a cool scene here and you're a part of that scene. And I'm super psyched that you're on the show to talk about these things today and, um, you know, just kind of just have a good, good conversation. So, yeah, I got... Bill Osibin here with Mr. Mike Adelic in the Mike Adelic Studios here in Denver, Colorado. Bill Osibin, Bill, Bill runs a, a program, or should I call it a program? It's called Good Cinema. You can yeah. you can explain it. Yeah, better. well, yeah. First off, thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, so grateful to have met you. Glad you're here as part of the uh, Denver community, and uh, glad to be on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, Good Cinema. Uh, we'll call it an organization. We'll call it a movement. Uh, it's many things, but what it is most of all is a platform for people in the community, nonprofit organizations uh, here in the community, businesses in the community, uh, to connect uh, together to watch thought-provoking films and documentaries, combined with uh, thoughtful discussion, uh, often involving a panel of experts, and uh, connection to local causes. Um, and so we partner with nonprofit organizations to help drive action to these causes, and our events focus on uh, current issues that are affecting society and our world and our people. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it seems like such a, just an awesome thing. I'm a huge fan of, of film, cinema, um, and also, you know, these important issues. So combining the two, uh, to me, you know, and, and making it this, like, event, you know, what we're doing right now is going to be, this is virtual, right? I mean, there's, so there's people that are just kind of hanging out They're Maybe they're on the treadmill, they're running, or they're, you know, driving in their car on their commute or they're, you know, whacking weeds or whatever they're doing. But it's usually kind of a more private, more intimate thing, listening to a podcast. So to have an auditorium at the Alamo draft house, right. Uh, and bring people together to share that space and be, engrossed and enraptured in a cinematic event that has a message and a point and then an opportunity to discuss those things i mean that just sounds that's just to me that sounds like just an epic kind of um function that you're bringing yeah to the community yeah, well, our, our thought was, uh, and I'm, I'll put this into terms of uh, what the listeners might know. So, you know, imagine a psychedelic experience that's quite profound that you learn a lot from, but you don't really know how to proceed. What do you do with that? How do you go back in a normal society? How do you go back to work after realizing everything you once thought is now questioned? And your world is completely different now that you uh, see things from a new perspective. Uh, and a lot of times that's a good thing, but it challenges our belief systems and uh, and so with a psychedelic experience, integration is necessary to really learn how to bring what you learned within yourself outside into the world. And then what are these next steps and actions to take to then implement that and integrate that within your lives? And that's what Good Cinema does with film. 
there's so many good documentaries out there, um, fantastic movies that have been created uh, to drive social change in certain areas uh, that these filmmakers are very passionate about. But I feel that a lot of these films, uh, or excuse me, uh, the film experience is only one part. And so we're missing the other two critical pieces, one of which is unpacking this, learning about other people's experiences, other people's perspectives uh, in the community, and then the next piece is taking action, really taking these next steps to uh, really carry out that mission and the vision that the filmmaker had. And the purpose of making the film uh, was to get people motivated. But a lot of times, I mean, people have work and family and other obligations that exist that um, it seems like a lot of work and a lot of time and effort to be able to, uh, or excuse me, be able to drive this change. And that's where these nonprofit partners that we work with come in to really help create a path for people in the community to make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so important, you know, because our mainstream society doesn't necessarily provide these things for us that are so important, so rich to the human experience. You know, it's like when we look at the leaders of our society, you know, people in government and, you know, these, these sorts of areas, the people at the top, that they're not necessarily like, in most cases, they're not necessarily providing the necessary structures that a community would need to come together, to put aside differences, to bond with each other, to heal, to grow, to learn, and to help solve some of the biggest problems that we're facing. That would require them to actually value those things. Yeah. <laughs> when we look at the root of it, that's, that's the number one problem. And our number one value is humanity over greed. And uh, while we might focus on 20 different issues in a given year uh, that are all across the board, there's one common thread that goes through all of them, and that is our value of, uh, at this point, in this country at least, and, and others as well in the developed world, uh, is that greed and money and profits are valued over humanity and us and our environment and the animals and plants that uh, we use to help sustain life. Uh, and yeah, that's that's where we need to be looking. Yeah, definitely, because like you said, you know, they'd have to value those things, and they sure as hell don't value those things, because when you value those things, you have a healthy, independent, progressive um, community of wise individuals who all of a sudden can start thinking for themselves, learning how to self-organize, voluntarily come together, develop pa uh, compassion, and uh, you know that doesn't you know necessarily serve the interests of of the uh, yeah the yeah well you use the word self and think for yourselves and uh, you know when we look at this thing called consciousness uh, there's a song by one of my favorite producers Living Light that's called War of Consciousness and uh, it it really gets into how these external forces uh, try to control how we think and that's the most sacred thing that we have and when we look at uh, a country like the United States that we have the Bill of Rights and the number one First Amendment is uh, freedom of speech and religion and, and it's, I, my thought is it was intended to be something that was freedom of thought, freedom of consciousness, but uh, it seems that those are the, the things that are attacked and the things that we aren't really free to explore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, psychological warfare in, on a certain level because we pay lip service to those things, but we don't carry them out. We don't follow through with that. And that's a really, in my opinion, like a high-level deception in a democracy is to give you the illusion of freedom. 
uh, and that sort of contains and makes the population a little bit more complacent and more dependent and sort of all of a sudden now you can just be dragged into this like status quo, right? In the status quo, the, the elites, they set the tone for what the hierarchy values. And so in order to survive, you kind of have to fall in line with that stuff. Yeah, and that's, I guess that's the unfortunate piece is that um, even in a society like uh, ours, which is an individualistic society, um, there seems to be, I, I guess in our country, it's individualistic, but it's to serve a certain or these certain elite individuals. Um, but it, it doesn't allow for free thought of everyone else. And in school, we're all taught the same thing, and we're taught to be, or we're measured based on these standardized test scores. And we go through this kind of standardized schooling, and we don't learn things like what a mortgage is, how to balance a checkbook, uh, how to pay taxes, you know, these these things that are just kind of normal. How to get out of paying taxes. Yeah, how to get out of paying taxes, <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, no, th- those are, those are uh, certain private schools that teach that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, That's that whole Yale thing. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, things like emotional intelligence and just learning about ourselves and exploring ourselves. It seems that there's no room for that. Uh, there's so much room to learn what certain interests want you to learn but not an emphasis on what fits you best. Who are you? How can we help you learn in the best way you can and help you become the best you? Yeah. I mean, so the, the, the greatest societies, in my opinion, are the ones who carry out the tradition in which you are sort of the way that I envision good cinema playing out and what its mission is and its vision is and, and what it's actually doing in the community is really kind of restoring the tribal campfire stories that informed the value systems of the hunter-gatherer nomadic tribes in our past, where there would be this sort of chief who didn't necessarily, you know, run on like a billion-dollar campaign, you know, for power, but who was who was selected by the, the population to say, like, okay, you can be the guy that just hangs out and just talks and people come to you for advice. And, you know, if you ever try to exert your power over us, then you get ostracized. You'll get banished to the forest, you know. this. But one of the most important things, one of the most important things is this gathering, gathering the community together, gathering the tribe together and telling stories and telling stories that can be interpreted in such a way to inform the value system of that tribe, you know, to honor that and, and strengthen those bonds. And I, I think that in this modern time, cinema in, done in this intentional way can, can do that, can bring that back. It can, yeah. And, and I've watched so many films that have been truly life-changing and so transformative for me in so many ways. Uh, I'll just bring one example, uh, Cowspiracy. Now I know you know, like most films about food and uh, diet choices. Uh, Not everything is 100% accurate, but uh, what I really took away from that was that I wasn't really thinking mindfully about how I eat. And it was something I never even put any thought to. But if there wasn't this story about it and there wasn't this uh, kind of diving deeper into it and, and asking certain questions that I never asked and making me kind of think in a different way. Again, I think that's the big key is this different way of thinking. Uh, It enabled me to see that the dairy was not serving me. Uh, It led to uh, 
a lot of flatulence uh, <laughs> to the dismay of my wife. Uh, a lot of scientists listening to this yes. show, so they, they understand. Yeah, you were ripping ass a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a bit, quite a bit. Uh, so that was dairy and beef. You know, I was like, eh, whatever. I'll go to pork, the other white meat. Uh, that's a whole other story. Found right, out that was red yeah. meat, and that That's was what sad. they told us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, more of these messages. So yeah, anywho, just the perspectives and learning... Some, learning from someone else's experience to gain more empathy, I think, is the key of storytelling and something that um, is really helpful in the art that it comes out of in these films. But then it's it's unpacking it. It's discussing it. It's saying, well, what did we learn? What did you think of that? So that we don't just leave the theater and then forget about it a day later. It, it sticks with you when you make these connections as well as these new perceptions of what this issue is we're focusing on. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, most people... Or just like, yeah, you go to a movie, you watch the movie, and then like on the way out, you're just like, oh, what'd you think? You're like, oh, sucked. And like, you know, oh, I'm, leave, I'm gonna leave a one star review on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie blows. Ryan Johnson can suck my anus hole, um, you know, or whatever. And then that's kind of it. Or yeah, like, yeah. you know, you go on and you're like quoting movies, like, oh, today was a bad day for milk. You know, milk was a poor choice. Like, you know, yeah. these are the quotes that kind of stick us and stuff like that. But then, you know. When you get to some, when you get to other other kinds of films, there's there's really a dense b- bunch of I mean especially with documentaries obviously right there's there's a message that's being communicated there and they're really trying to combine this high level of information dissemination and package it up in an entertaining and compelling way in like what, you know, hour and a half, two hours. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to go on and discover after that. Um, Many documentaries have, have done this for me and I talk about it on this show. You know, I bring them up a lot, but to actually be in a room with somebody and then have that happen and then be able to converse about that and form, you know, a community around this, like this dialogue you know, what are some of the things that like that you've seen, like some moments that have stuck out after uh, a screening of a film and a panel discussion took place? And, you know, what kind of things do you see play out there? Any moments that really stuck out to you? Yeah, uh, I'm going to focus on our second event. Uh, it was focused on immigrant detention. And we intentionally held the event on September 11th. And it was it was powerful. Uh in an issue that is so politicized and seems to be so divisive among certain groups of people, while our audience may not have been the most ideologically diverse, the way that the narrative played out was extremely interesting and heartfelt. It was it was stories that were being shared. Uh, one of the panel members, uh, Victor Galvan, runs an organization here, uh, Colorado Immigrants Rights Coalition. He himself uh, is an undocumented immigrant. That was uh, a dreamer. He was uh, had DACA uh, designation and now does not. And uh, he told his story about um, how his mother was uh, selling burritos um, for the construction workers. And, you know, that's how they made ends meet here in America. But they had so many more opportunities here. And he's so prideful of a place like this that has provided the opportunities. Um, And he uses his uh, inability to take part in our uh, civic process, um, i.e. voting, uh, by 
taking more action himself. And so his pledge uh, this past uh, September, you know, going up to the election, uh, was to register 10 people to vote every day because he couldn't vote himself. And so his goal was to register as many other people as he could uh, to vote. And hearing his story was just amazing, and what he does is so amazing. And so he was there at the event getting people registered to vote. There was also another story there uh, from someone that had immigrated uh, and had um, had worked with her state senator to get status um, and just shared an extremely vulnerable story of, of her coming to America and, and how she was able to, uh, to gain status here in this country. Uh, then afterwards, people were thanking me for hosting this event, uh, saying how meaningful it was to them to be able to be a part of this, to be able to um, have their nonprofit organization be able to engage with the community at such a deep level. Uh, and after that event, uh, there was uh, one organization there uh, by the name of Casa de Paz, which uh, does such amazing work. They have a home that they enable um, or they allow immigrant families to stay in. Uh, they allow immigrants to stay in when they're getting out of detention, mm. uh, while they're getting uh, connected to their families. They host dinners all the time, and they have many, many volunteers that uh, go visit the detention center. And uh, my wife and I went uh, one week, and uh, just a an extremely inspiring experience. You know, we were their bright light. We were their inspiration uh, during this hour that we got to just uh, we got to chat with them across a pane of glass. And uh, these people that I normally never would have gone up to and had a conversation with at a restaurant. I'm there getting into this deep conversation about life, and uh, it was just so incredible. It was this spiritual high, and it was described to me as that before I went in, and I was kind of thinking, you know, whatever, that sounds kind of hokey, but it truly was. And so I encourage those of you who are in Denver, uh, go to Casa de Paz, uh, org, and uh, I don't even know if that's their website, but look up Casa de Paz, Colorado, and uh, yeah, you should Google find it. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> please sign up to volunteer. It's an amazing organization. Um, and if you're elsewhere, uh, go to an immigrant detention center, find out when visitations happen and, and go visit someone because they're human too. And they have so far less human contact. They've come here for opportunity and uh, they've been shown another life here. Um, and despite that, they're still so upbeat and so happy that they're even here given the situations that are often the case uh, in their home countries. And so that was kind of a long way of saying uh, there was also, <laughs> I've known people that have been volunteering for that organization that were not even at this event, that heard of it through people that were at the event. And so it's this really cool and so super inspiring ripple effect uh, that we're seeing uh, of people learning about ways to engage in the community and people stepping up and taking action. And, and that's, that's why we do what we do. Amazing. I mean, human connection, who would have thought? You know, right. it's like, come on, you know, we, we, there's so much, and it's so interesting. You hosted the event on nine 11. Yeah. Okay. I have some things to say, but maybe you could say why you decided to host it on nine 11. Uh, well, yeah, that's interesting. Why I even, well, yeah, I'll go back. So, uh, when I started good cinema, uh, cause this was our second event, I wanted to set kind of three events as a series. So I wanted to start with a social justice film series. I thought, what better way to kick off this new movement by diving right into social justice issues that we typically avoid because they're uncomfortable to talk about. And so let's talk about it. That's our slogan. Uh, so I, I look at the schedule and I see our first events August 7th. And I was thinking, well, maybe five weeks apart is good. And I notice, ooh, September 11th is five weeks away. Perfect. Let's do an event then. 
And I initially was going to focus on something not having to do with that. But then I realized, wait a minute, this is a really, really cool opportunity to be able to look at a date that has has a, a very special meaning to a lot of people because a lot of pain was caused on that day. Uh, but if we look at the after effects, a lot of pain has been caused to a lot of people and large groups of people because of the way or because of where they're from, because of how they look, because of the religion uh, that they practice. And that I saw as a grave injustice, as an, an event like 9-11 that should bring people together and seemed to, uh, also seemed to alienate a lot of people and to push a lot of people away. And um, that's the pain I wanted to capture. I feel enough emphasis has been placed on uh, the people directly affected by the events of 9-11, and not nearly enough has been uh, placed on those that have been affected afterwards, um, such as immigrants and, and uh, people of Muslim faith. And so, uh, yeah, so that's why I focused on it, because I wanted to talk about immigrant detention on a day that um, immigrants are usually uh, discriminated against because of. Yeah, no, it's such a huge, important thing. I mean, 9-11 changed everything. You know, it, it really did. I mean, I, I was... And it's it's very important, and you know I bring this up, and it nine eleven almost is like sort of a I don't want to say joke, but it just seems like to a lot of people who grew up didn't experience it and grew up after nine eleven in the already created Patriot Act NSA you know post nine eleven world they don't really fully understand the gravity of the impact, the change of the times, to have lived a life pre-9-11 and then post-9-11, you, you have a very different view of it. it it's, it's way more real. It's not like, you know, when I think of the JFK assassination, it's like, oh, that was so long ago. And it just, it seems, I just look at the Zapruder film and, you know, the movies and all this kind of stuff. It's not as real to me. But so many things changed after 9-11, and one of those things was dehumanizing other people, casting us as the heroes and the others, the scary others, as the villains. And this, you know, if we didn't have 9-11, maybe we wouldn't have Trump. I, 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 I'm, I'm just, my point to that is saying that, like, we've, we've created this world or this world has been created, I should say. This world has been created after 9-11 that is divisive, is polarized, is, you know, casts the, uh, the, the, the scary other, the, the invaders, the foreigners, the disease, the, you know, what does that do? Rate more racism, right? More racism, more division, more... Um, fear. Fear, exactly. Yes, fear. that's the word. The, we've created this panicked state, this fear paradigm, where we're scared of of these things. And but that's not new. I, it's not. I mean, new, look at but this is during our time. the Red yeah. Scare. You exactly. know, this is just a new yeah. flavor. It's a new. It's flavor. just different people that we get to discriminate against to make ourselves feel more safe. Yeah. Uh, but again, I like to look at the root of the problem, and it's fear, and it's and that fear is uh, manufactured and. Uh, expanded and uh, it's it's pushed out to the masses to serve the interests of those manufacturing the fear or at least um, magnifying the fear and uh, you know just like 
Naomi Klein uh, describes in the shock doctrine. It's, it's this fear is used in these, um, terrible events are used to justify the actions that are taken afterwards. Uh, when come to find out, uh, those actions taken afterwards, uh, were done under false pretenses. And, uh, so I guess the real question is who should we really be afraid of the people that we're being told to be afraid of, or the people telling us to be afraid of those people? Yeah. Hell, hell yeah. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes you talk about this kind of stuff and people go, Ooh, conspiracy. Oh, woo. You know, but look, it's just pretty simple. I mean, it's like there's interests that people have. They want to capitalize on those interests and they'll do whatever they can do to maintain that status quo. You know, I'm sure people have experienced times in their lives when when things were going well and you had more affluence or something and then you go down a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, that can suck. So there's, you know, some people that'll do whatever it takes to get back there and, and to stay there. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to take a little sidebar on the Wait, whole, before, uh, before yeah, you take yeah. a sidebar, yeah. can I just, because yeah, what, what I was saying before, the whole point of what I was saying before was that the dehumanization of other people, but when you actually visit these people, when mm-hmm. you see them, yeah. when you talk to them, when you sit down at a bar and you have a drink with them, mm-hmm. when you share a joint with them, whatever it is you do, you're standing next to them at a music festival, in line at the bank, and you, an exchange happens, a connection happens, you see, oh, it's just a person. It's not this abstract number. It, they're not jihadists. They're not, you know, Mexicans and rapists and terrorists and, you know, these, these others that we like to categorize them as these things that we dehumanize them with. And you're like, oh, yeah, I see you. I'm talking with you. Yeah. So that the realization major. is that they're just another version of myself. Yeah. All of us are just different versions of each other. And that's kind of the key. Once we figure that out and uh, hint, hint, psychedelics help with that. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. Once we figure that out, uh, everything else Take makes five dried, a hell of a lot more sense. In silent darkness. Yeah, um, do that. Now, Bill Asibin says, <laughs> hey, folks, feeling down, feeling like you're enslaved to the matrix of this illusionary reality? Well... Sit back, relax, and take Dr. Bill Asibin's five dried grams in silent darkness. Talk to me in 10 days. Set yourself a nice soundtrack of life. <laughs> yeah, um, so important. You know, just, just really one of the most important things. I had this weird thought the other day, uh, and the thought was... Now, I was talking about Cho Young Trumpa Rinpoche, who I'm a big fan of, or Cho Young Trumpa, uh, you know, founder of Naropa University, one of the greatest books of all time ever written about spirituality, cutting through spiritual materialism, his other works, Shambhala, and, um, you know, all these other things. But I think he has, also has a book called Smile at Fear. And it's amazing. I mean, his perspective on these things is, is so tuned in. But I had this thought the other day of like bombs being like dropped on like a population or like, you know, and like police like coming down the streets and like shooting people and like people just like laughing, like just like, ha ha ha, like just laughing and laughing at that Mm -hmm. and not stopping in that like laughter, just be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Like you want to like kill me. All right. Yeah. Fun. Kill us all. Cool. And then the, the thought was, was really, it really went deep into, into my soul. And it was like, we're just doing this to ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
And if you're, if you're laughing at that, if you're smiling at that and you're saying like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. You want to throw me in, in a cage for eating a mushroom? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Like you're not going to win. You're not going to win. You're not going to do like, we're doing this to ourselves. Uh, you know, that was the, the feeling. And I know it sounds maybe kind of insane, like out of context, but I'm not saying like if someone's pointing a gun at you to just start laughing at them. What I'm saying is like as a mass movement of people coming together to just stop, you know, letting the fear get to you and mm-hmm. then just laugh at these, yeah. at these people, you know, it, the thought in my mind was that it's like, well, at some point there has to be some kind of reconciliation between the aggressors and the psychopaths and the people who are accepting it and laughing it can't just go on like that forever. There's got to be some sort of like, okay, what's the goal here? These people are not responding to our threats and our intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I used to get in trouble in school, like they, they couldn't punish me because I was so insubordinate that they, <laughs> that they just, no, not you. I swear to God, like <laughs> th- there's a, there's a level that you can get to when it's just like, they, they just don't know what to do yeah, with you. So yeah, I remember this one time I was getting in-school suspension and I was in the, the principal's office. She's like, yeah, you have in-school suspension, like, you know, because you're just, you've, you've done these things or whatever. And I'm like, well, that sucks because that means you have to come to school. I was like, I want out of school suspension. Yeah. Like, what do I have to do to get that? She's like, well, you weren't, you weren't being like, um, you know, like ag- aggressive or anything like that. So it's not, it's not like a, a threat or something. So I just like, what if I just knock this chair over? I was like, is that good? <laughs> what if I throw it at and you? She's like, come on, no, stop. And it was like, I had a good relationship with the vice yeah, principal. Yeah. And like, I really, and then I just like knocked her cup off her desk and she's like, all right, that's it. Out of school suspension. And I was like, nice. <laughs> Thank you. you know? Cause I didn't care. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't care, you know? And there was, it was funny. They didn't know what to do yeah. to, you know, discipline me or whatever. Right. Anyway, Total sidetrack, but no, yeah, no, no, I, I like just, that. I'm, I'm going to stick with that real quick. That, it's yeah. like it's like a bully that doesn't get a reaction anymore. If it, you know, if if this person doesn't react to what you're doing, you're just beating them up, and they don't fight back. Like, what fun is that? Uh, and so, I see that being a microcosm of our society, where we, you know, we're allowing the bullies, if you will, these corporate interests who continually beat us up and to keep us living these perpetual lives of uh, searching for this happiness. And, um, you know, they keep dangling the carrot out there and keeping us happy enough. And especially in this society, they they keep us distracted enough by money and what a lot of money brings that we lose sight of the things that really matter. And getting back to the human connection, that's exactly it. So maybe that's it. We use laughter more. I, I guess this brings me to another point, which is, um, I don't think everyone has the ability to laugh because some people are working so damn hard every day just to keep food on the table for their families and they're trying and they're working multiple jobs. And then other people like to talk about how if people just worked harder or got a better education that they'd be in a better position financially um, without really thinking about the root and why they're in that position in the first place. And um fuck man i don't know i'm just getting into this flow of like we need we need more empathy we just need to care about each other and um you know that everything's a trade-off and so yeah if we care about people more there might be less wealth but maybe that's okay maybe we need to start challenging everything and you know when i bought a house here a year ago 
Um, we wanted two bathrooms, but we were okay with one. So I don't know. Maybe we need to look at life that way a little more. Yeah, America only needs one bathroom. You heard it here first. There's only one gender. There's only you know um, one everything. Just yeah, just one everything. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's you know there's there's a certain level of disappointment I think that happens, and I've experienced this a little bit when you reach the sort of height that the society is telling you that you should aspire to attain. You have the money, you have the, you know, fun, the drugs, the booze, the gadgets, the gizmos, the vacations, the, you know, sex. You have these things, and still there's something else that's, yeah, what is that? It's, 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 it's missing. There's something missing there. And I think a lot of people feel this pain when they've reached this level that that our society says that you should aspire to. You should reach this level and you'll be good. Once you get here, you'll be happy. And they realize, wait a second, there's a hole here. And I think that hole is community and connection with other human beings. We're social creatures. So there's a certain level of loneliness and isolation that happens when you when you walk down that path. And when you detach yourself from that path, at initially, there can be a certain level of isolation and loneliness, thinking, oh my God, who am I? I'm, I'm just detaching from the society. I'm detaching from the nine to five. I'm detaching from the, the norms and the values that, uh, that I see in the TV commercials and the ads and social media and influencers. Who am I now? Where do I fit in now? But you fit in. There, you find there's communities because people crave this sort of thing. And you've seen that firsthand, right? Yeah, but when we're, when we're distracted all the time, we become isolated in ourselves. When we, um, we look at the root of crime, addiction, uh, depression, uh, you know, a, a, lot of these, a lot of these situations are a result of isolation and loneliness and not feeling that connection. And, uh, you know, the more and more that we get into these digital lives the more we lose a little bit of ourselves. You know, that's the great paradox that uh, that good cinema's really trying to uh, solve here is this, you know, the more that we get digitally connected, the less we become connected as humans. And we become connecting with each other through symbols and funny funny little quips and... Uh, memes. Memes <laughs> and... Uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, Quotes. <laughs> Sound bites, little little dopamine hits, little fixes. Acronyms, acronyms. acronyms. Okay. Everything's a fucking acronym. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was searching for. Um, D-Y-O-R. Yeah. yeah, and we lose this uh, eye contact. We lose the like heart connection that you get. Um, fuck, even phone calls rarely happen anymore. Um, you know, there might be a little bit more FaceTiming, which is cool, but um, I don't know. I, I think we need to think about the way we use these technologies. Yeah. Um, yeah, these screens are like are like bubbles yeah. around us. They're like protective layers. Yes, protection, yes. They protect us from kind of the fears of reality. And so we're able to like step out of ourselves and be assholes sometimes. And, you know, we, we don't allow, or we allow ourselves to do things that we would not in normal society. Maybe that's a good thing that... <laughs> Society kind of checks us and balances us a little bit more. Uh, but I think another problem is 
and another advantage of social media is you're able to connect with like people. It's just, what can we do with that? Can we use social media as a tool to help us connect with those that, that think like us, that we want to be with, that make us feel good, that are true humans, that we can then get offline and get together. And that's what good cinema is about. It's about pulling people together to have real conversations, connect as humans, um, leave, leave an event feeling um, fulfilled, feeling uh, connected to others. Hopefully you've exchanged some numbers. Hopefully you've learned something. And hopefully you feel motivated and uh, and are going to be doing something moving forward for yeah. yourself and for whatever the cause was. So follow Good Cinema on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook and follow Mike Adelic on Instagram. Um, plug in the socials. But yeah, you're totally right. It, you know, these protect we, we get into these like protective layers and, you know, you're, you're, you're doing a good job of like getting people to break out of that and come mm-hmm. together with Good Cinema. So, you know, that's the kind of these are the kind of things that we need, you know, because it's not going to be given to us. So we have to create those, those spaces and those places. Um, yeah. And I, and I had, I had another interesting thought the other day about like this, this world that we live in where we are so connected, but so separated, Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time. And it's like this really fucking weird feeling of like connection and detachment, you know? And, um, it, it, it's, with a lot of the like sort of internet arguing and this sort of stuff and the polarization and you know, whatever, just the misinformation and the, the, the the little bubbles of, of just nonsense crap that people get involved with. And, um, I was thinking like, you know, this, this open world now where anybody could, could record you on their phone doing anything at all times, whenever, you know, your laptop camera could be turned on, your microphone on your phone can be turned on, and, you know, now you're so, all of a sudden you're seeing ads for things that you're talking about and, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of stuff. It's like this lack of privacy and transparency is really forcing, like, human beings to face its collective shadow, mm-hmm. you know, in a way where it's, like, it's jarring and it's 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 weird and... You know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, it's getting back to this idea of like, we're all one and we're all connected and, you know, you're me living a different life and I'm you living a different life. And it's like, we're just, we're like snooping and spying on ourselves. You know, we're like, like mommy and daddy like are sleeping and we're like sneaking around, like snooping around the house. And it's like, you know, so do you No, this is an interesting side. I don't even think of this side of it, but this makes me think. Do you think we're that interested in other people to learn more about ourselves? Yeah, I, I, I think what I think it is is like I think that all sentient life is just consciousness, which is one thing, this thing that we're in, whatever the thing is that we're in that I can go like this and make a noise. Like this thing yeah. is – experiencing itself subjectively through all the different points of view that have sentient life. Yeah. And so we're going through this period of time right now where we have, there's, there's, there's transparency, there's lack of privacy. You know, everybody's uploading everything about themselves. Everybody's recording everything. We're recording something right now. So it's like so many perspectives are being shared. So many different points of view that it's a lot to take in and it's challenging because yeah. there's conflicting points of view. Like and a DMT trip. 
There's so much shit all the time. How do you fucking process it all? Yeah. Life is a trip, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I, I even have a, a firm example here of like, we're all connected in this weird way. Um, so I'm going to get real vulnerable. Um, I like the smell of my earwax. Found out, saw a dog <laughs> scratching its ear. Uh, it's a friend of mine's dog and a friend of mine, MJ. Uh, he scratches his ear with his back paw. Sniffs it and then licks it. Now I don't do the lick part yet. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, but yeah, and then I'm like, oh shit, like, cool. It's not just a human thing, but this dog is doing it too. And, you know, maybe that's part of social media us to be like, okay, these other people are kind of like me, except then it turns into the comparing and then we get into this whole competition discussion, which. Yeah. Everything that you hate, <laughs> everything that you hate about somebody else is something that you hate about yourself. Yeah, that you're just not ready to face yet. Yeah, and because the the lack of you know because of all the um, transparency that we have, because of like you know we can see each other, we can see what people are doing all over the world at all times. We're watching each other. We're looking at each other. We're inspecting each other. We're like dogs sniffing each other's buttholes. We're mirrors of each other. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes it's just uh, one of those mirrors that kind of twists things a little more fat, a little more skinny, a uh, double-sided mirror. You know, we're just different mirrors of each other. Yeah, man. I mean, fuck, I think we just solved the problem. I think, you know, yeah. if people just listen to this show, then, then the world will just be a better place. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, that's <laughs> if, your new tagline. If, if only everyone could just understand. Listen and the world will be a better you know, place. What we're putting down here, man. It's um, No, but, you know, I think that that also goes into – do people have the capacity? Do people have the desire to? You know, the other day, to understand this, the other day I was, um, I was looking at this documentary on Netflix called Insta Famous. Mm -hmm. There's this guy, he has an account called Fuck Jerry. And I know like a lot of people... Um, oh yeah, I've seen a lot of comics saying fuck, fuck Jerry. Exactly, yeah, because he just takes their jokes and, you know, reposts them and doesn't give credit, right? Yeah. And so the... the that's like, you know, you are marked for death if you do that to a comedian. Yeah. You know, like doing stand-up comedy for, for three years in New York, like I learned like you do not do that. And if you do that, like people will call you out and you will be. But here's you know, a question. If he posted your shit, would that make you feel better as a comic? Uh, possibly, but I would want credit for it. Oh, you're saying yeah. no credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's bullshit. But but anyway, so he he posts a lot of stuff. But like if he's reposting and then giving them credit, like then that's cool. fine. That's yeah. cool. But yeah. yeah, that's bullshit. But giving credit. So, but whatever. I mean, it's like okay, we we live in this time right now where this, you know, this Instagram account that posts like memes and stuff, you know, with that are like fart jokes, pussy jokes, whatever. You know, you probably go on there, you can get a a quick 10 second chuckle at something or whatever. It's nothing profound. It's nothing, you know, gut wrenchingly funny or anything like that. But guy's got 14 million followers. You know, then there's, there's people that are really putting forward like really thought provoking content, really trying to make a difference in the world and the community. And they're really kind of, you know, falling on deaf ears or finding it a struggle to, have like to build an audience and to create um you know a movement behind what they're doing and my thought to that is that like well i guess pe i guess this is what people want you know people want this is what people yeah. want so is do we even have the capacity to change 
enough people's minds to give a shit. It, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I uh, only ask loaded questions. Yeah, yeah. Give a shit, I guess, can be turned into many different things. But in this case, what I see is people wanting one place to just see funny shit because people are mindlessly scrolling through and they're like, cool, this I can count on to always be at the top of my feed with something new that's funny. So, like, I get it. Um, and, yeah, people want shit that's easy because they're so distracted. They want shit that's... They want to be able to easily see what they need, easily do what they need, easily get dinner, easily um, bring their dog to a doggy daycare. Uh, you know, people want things simple because they're working all the time and then they're distracting themselves all the time because they're so burnt down from work. And so there's no time to really explore life, be themselves. Um, you know, family time gets shortened and cut out. Uh, that's why. That's the problem. So... Again, it's it's these these values, and let's fuck. Let's pay people for working hard, regardless of if it's making money, make more money, or building a house, or teaching kids, or acting in a movie. I mean, these things should all be, I would say, paid about the same. Instead, some are paid millions, and others are paid barely a living wage. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean... Teachers are the most important, um, you know, figures, I think, in, in, in creating a wise, social, uh, socially, like, accountable and, and compassionate, uh, intellectually curious, responsible society, right? I mean, and just going back to, like, what I was talking about before with, like, tribal living and stuff, it's like, you know, the 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 wise old elders of the tribe found that it was their duty to serve the youth of the tribe in order to usher them in to be the next generation and represent you know the the values and embody the myths and the meaning of that tribe and instead what we see today is we see a betrayal of the youth you know and this you could say this i don't know when this started but you know most recently, like a good example is like the, the Vietnam War, which was, you know, a long time ago. But, you know, young men uh, were lied to and sent overseas to kill people for, uh, you know, for uh, not the right reasons. And the, you know, the wise, supposed wise old elders of our society betrayed the youth and the, and the youth comes back injured and traumatized and, and can't properly reintegrate into the society to build the next generation. Um, and this, this doesn't just affect the people who have been sent overseas and these sorts of things. It affects the, you know, everybody at, at home, too, by this sort of, I don't want to use the word trickle-down, but this sort of like seeping into the culture, to seeping into the value system. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just really think that, like, it's it's really really valuable to have these sorts of of connections with um, you know with people that we can really count on them and trust them to to lead the lead us in a right direction. Yeah, well, you used a key word. You said it's valuable. It it is valuable, but it's not valued. Mm. It's not valued at all. And and that these are the things we need to be challenging. Why the fuck is a teacher not 
or barely paid a living wage and people that basically get paid to just make money off of money sitting there make millions of dollars. I, I am, my mind is blown by that. That shows that this is a, it's all just a game yeah. that people are preying on other people and, you know, winning at their game while everyone else just sits there and takes it. Right. And when are we going to say we're not fucking taking this anymore? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we've. Now just I'm getting been, all anarchists. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> think we, we've we've just been beat. We've been beaten down so much, and we've just become accustomed to every everything becomes a new normal. You know, it's like a a sales. It's like a product. You know, that a company like rolls out, and they're like, all right, like you know, this is where we want to be in like five years. Like, let's market this idea. Let's like you know, let's just dis, let's disperse these. Um, you know, these, these plans, these ideas, these agendas out into think tanks and, you know, uh, contractors and educational institutions and Hollywood and the media. And it's just like, let's just, let's just disseminate these sorts of ideas so we can sell our, you know, quote unquote product to be bought in on. And it, and it just becomes, you, you know, you're just conditioned to accept this as being sort of the normal, like standard reality for ninety nine ninety nine like, you know, like order now only one ever in existence for all time in the universe. You know, it's like, no, 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 there's other products, there's other modalities of organization and, and there's other thoughts and there's other kinds of things that can be offered out there. Um, you know, and so really what it takes is it takes people nowadays in our time, you know, kind of rising to the challenge to, to try and aspire to take on those positions as the responsible, wise old elders of those tribes and really try and usher in a new society. Because like I said before, it's not going to come from the top down. It's only going to come from the bottom up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's build a good cinema co uh, <laughs> at good cinema co to be as big as fuck Jerry. So 14 million. If we get that many followers, we can start doing some shit. I mean, that's what 5% now, maybe less than that. Maybe 5% of how large America is. Maybe like four, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, about three hundred and twenty million people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of people. That's maybe what half of what voted for the president. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, we we can make some change. So let, let's do it together, y'all. But no, seriously, it has to be, and and we have now technology to allow us to do that. So again, if we wake up and start using this technology as a tool for good, uh, like we're using films as a tool for good, like we're using this podcast as a tool for good. Um, we can get to a better place. But I feel like we're preaching to the choir. So those of you listening to this podcast, please tell 10 of your friends to listen to this podcast. It's dope. Mike is amazing. If you met him in person, you would feel his heart just radiating good shit. So uh, yeah, huge fan. And I've only known him a couple weeks, but super excited to get to know Mike more. And uh, you all probably know him even a little better because you've listened to all of him talk so long. So yeah, keep doing it. Tell your friends and let's let's change the world, y'all. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks for that fucking... I want like endorsement, <laughs> just like, thanks for the love, brother. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's, thanks for having me. Of it's course. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's been really great. I, I, you know, we, we have to do this again. And, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, what we're talking about here is, is really taking action too. So it's like, you know, you're, when you're telling your friends or you're sharing this kind of stuff, you know, find, some people in your community that maybe you can get together with and, and form your own things, you know, and, and really kind of like join this anti-corporation corporation that's run by a bunch of decentralized, voluntary people, kids, young adults, 
early 30s people, whoever, that are actually doing these things independent of each other, but the larger zoom out perspective is, whoa, look at all these fucking stars that are popping out in the sky. Yeah, that's kind of where I, I meant to go with that, um, other than you know throwing out a impromptu endorsement, uh, was, yeah, we, we're, we are such an entrepreneurial culture right now, um, and we have, again, these tools at our disposal to, you know, if you can create your own uh, Instagram business by modeling somewhere and looking good in Bali, um, then you can probably do that for some good as well. And so what are these ways we can invent ways to make the world a better place? Uh, our, our Good Cinema event this past Tuesday was focused on DIY art spaces and artists coming together to these collectives and um pitching in on all being in one particular place to be able to live and to create art and to uh, throw shows so that people can go watch uh, underground music, uh, you know, coming together and, and creating your own uh, groups and versions of your own little communities uh, will make you feel so close and in line with your purpose and help you find yourself and make you, you know, feel not isolated. So I'm not trying to give advice, but I'm just saying <laughs> if you want things to be better you want things to be a certain way just fucking do it hell yeah nike product endorsement <laughs> um that's that's i mean and and this is so important right because if we're going to kind of build a new world you know talking on a grandiose level here that that's really what it what it takes you know it takes that those things and if we look at how the current paradigm was created, it was created by entrepreneurs getting out there and, and, and inventing things and creating things that didn't exist before and then collaborating and competing with each other, you know? And so, you know, that's what's really going to birth this sort of like new era, this new way, you know, all of us listening out there, all of your friends, all the people that you hang out with, all the people that are, you know, a, a part of this world right now, it's like, all right, yeah, like, can we make things better? Like, yeah, maybe we can. Okay, well, then, you know, start taking action to do that. And it could be as little as just saying, you know, joining a Facebook group or starting a meetup you know, on meetup.com or just getting together with some friends and having, like, an intentional night where you, like, sit around, you hang out, you know, listen to Mikeadelic, like, you know, just talk with each other. Do something to start making some momentum in order to bring about the change that you want to see. And, you know, I sound a little preachy right now, but I'm just saying that this is, this is a kind of an easy thing to do. And I, and you'd be surprised at how, how fun it is when you start getting out there and doing it. And, um, you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what kind of collaborations are going to come your way or opportunities are going to come your way. And anybody can do it. Everybody, you know, listening out there has something that they care about, something that they like, something that they feel passionately about. Um, you know, I was very inspired by uh, this guy, Tom Woods, who hosts a libertarian podcast. You know, listeners of the show know that I'm a fan of Tom's. And, and he was talking about this, this same thing and said, start a blog, start a social media profile, buy a, buy a microphone, start a podcast, just do it. The worst thing that you could say is, well, uh, there's already so many people out there doing it, so I'm not going to try because it's, you know, it already exists and, oh, this person already does this kind of thing or whatever. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Uh, fortunately, I was uh, woken by the, uh, the plant ayahuasca, and that kind of really 
pushed me on my path and helped me see what this path was for myself. Um, but I, I certainly can uh, empathize with all of you out there that are like, well, what do I do? I, I don't know what this thing is. Uh, I encourage you to, to do whatever it is, or whatever your way of searching within yourself is, whether it's through uh, meditation, sports, um, yoga, uh, psychedelics, uh, many different varieties there that I'm sure you all have explored on this show uh, that I'm more than happy to talk about. But the the way that you get there doesn't really matter. It's just that you're doing something to, to connect yourself. Anything that you've ever said, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do that, um, just try it. And you'll find others that are there to support you. And you'll find others that are... Um, that appreciate what you're doing and want to collaborate. I, I'd say that's the number one uh, best thing of what I do every day. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to connect with people. Uh, this morning I connected with uh, a veteran that is now executive director of Veterans for Natural Rights uh, and is focused on um, helping veterans through psychedelics and uh, just super, super inspiring person. Uh, then I met with uh, someone that's a director of the Psychedelic Club of Denver. Uh, and uh, talking with both of them about an event we have coming up on March 26th on psychedelics. Uh, really, really cool event uh, that I'm sure you all hear a lot more about. Uh, but uh, yeah, now I'm on this podcast, I'm chatting with Mike Adelic, and uh, I just get to meet so many cool people that are so grounded in their heart space and are so passionate about what they do. And I feel honored to be a part of their network and to be able to have the honor of giving them the platform of good cinema to be able to connect with their community on. Um, yeah, it's just so inspiring. And, and I'd say the number one takeaway is if there's something that you've been wanting to do for a while, there's a reason and it's needed. And there are going to be people that want that to be there. They just don't know it yet. So follow your heart and just fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you, you find that, and I love this Joseph, Cam uh, Joseph Campbell quote. He says, follow your bliss follow your bliss and when you move in that direction when you exert your the inertia of your being into that direction that is calling you that your higher self is calling you forward your heart space is tugging at you to come forward it's it's requesting you to accept the call to the adventure of the hero's journey if you accept that call and you follow your bliss campbell says doors will open where there were only walls before you know, synchronicities will occur. The, 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 you're, you're actually pressing the buttons of reality creation. You're manipulating the energetic field of reality creation and you're churning up this energetic life force spiritual machine in order to bring other sorts of things that are going to nourish and feed you into that space and that are going to provide you with opportunities. And not only that, but other people who are doing the same thing and needing that puzzle piece that you have. And the other person has a puzzle piece, you know, that, that can fit something that you're doing and, and, and vice versa. And so, yeah, the, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is probably one of like the greatest things that you could do if, you know, you you feel the call to do that. If you sense the call to do that, one of the worst things that you could do is sense the call to to that and deny it. Yeah, and then you'll wind up in suffering. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, and and to that point, I guess what's also so inspiring is 
nearly everyone that I've come across and that I've talked to and that I meet through uh, what I do with good cinema uh, is is so true to themselves, true to what they do, aligned with their passion and their purpose and uh, just radiating heart. Um, and it's so beautiful. And uh, everyone that's helped good cinema, everyone that's partnered with good cinema, um, I, I can't say enough how thankful I am to everyone around me because it does take a village. And um, everyone that's been a part of good cinema, whether on the stage as a panelist or in the audience um, or supporting us in any other way through the work that they do to help um, get this message out and um, to put on these wonderful events, um, I'm, I'm so grateful for them. So thank you all. Hopefully some are listening. You mentioned that an ayahuasca trip kind of brought this on. I did. Would you mind sharing that experience? Sure, I'd be, I'd be what happy happened? to. Yeah. What happened when the Bilisibin encountered the IAO, the Bilawaska? Bilawaska. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go back to, how far back do I need to go? I don't know. I'll, I'll just say over the past four or five years, I've been uh, really uh, exploring psychedelics and using psychedelics to explore myself. Uh, I've always been someone that's been very interested in social justice and um, I'd say, you know, care and fairness are um, at the top of my uh, moralities. Um, and so given that, I always thought kind of politics was the answer. Um, then I started learning more and more about how that works. And um, then I started uh, diving into film a bit more. Um, and uh, I think I'm drifting off into another story. Um, let's go back a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I at? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So I'm good now. Um, anywho, let's go back to psychedelics. Yes. So I was, uh, experimenting with psychedelics, exper excuse me, um, exploring myself, uh, through the psychedelics as well. And a friend of mine mentions that, uh, he met someone that was, uh, bringing an ayahuasca uh, ceremony to Colorado. And I said, cool, that sounds awesome. Uh, let me learn more. So I, uh, talked to the facilitator, uh, and, it was, it was interesting because I didn't really know what to expect uh, going into the experience. And so he's asking all these questions about my intention. And, and I'm kind of thinking, well, I don't really know what my intention is. Um, to experience ayahuasca? Yeah, to see what this ayahuasca <laughs> thing's all about. Like, right. I'm into psychedelics. I think they've made me, you know, a more calm and empathetic person. Um, so, you know, I've, I want to learn more about myself and kind of get to this place of more creativity. Because at the time, I knew that there was something bigger for me. I knew that what I was doing in technology sales was not what I was meant to be doing. Uh, but I wasn't on this huge active search either. I was kind of, you know, happy uh, making my poetry, making a little music, kind of learning some things on the side and kind of just getting by until I figured out more. So um, fast forward to March 8th of 2018. Uh, this is the Thursday and... We were supposed to um, start the ayahuasca on Friday. It was a Friday-Saturday thing. And that Thursday, um, I had had a, uh, a sweet dog, Scooby, for a while. And he was about 13. He had had uh, some brain swelling issues. And uh, 
he had had some relapses and at this point was pretty sick. He had been on uh, steroids for about a year. And so his muscles were starting to atrophy and he had started to kind of lose interest in a lot of things that he was into. Um, and this day he stopped eating and we kind of knew that that was a signal that this was the end. And at this point there was really nothing else we could do for him since he was so old. And, um, and so, uh, we made the tough decision to have him put down that evening mm-hmm. yeah. and it was, uh, it was tough, but it was, it was this kind of gentle, sweet moment where it was in our home and, um, the doctor that came and took care of it was, uh, was just the sweetest. And so, you know, we felt, we felt comfortable about it, but then the next day we were supposed to have an ayahuasca ceremony, um, <laughs> that's interesting timing. So, mm. uh, yeah, kind of a little precursor. Yeah. Versus sending out there. Exactly. So Laura, my wife, um, she calls, um, facilitator and chats with him and is, you know, says, you know, Hey, here's what happened. Is this something we should still go through with? And, and he says, yes, I, you know, encourage you to, this is usually the best time to work through or, you know, times of trauma are typically the best times to use the medicine and when it can help give you the most answers. And so, uh, so yeah, we went into it with that intention of healing. And, uh, the first night I would say was pretty rough. Uh, it was unlike any other psychedelic experience I had ever had before. Mm. Uh, there were moments that were kind of akin to a DMT trip. Uh, there were other moments that were akin to mushrooms, others just akin to just straight, nausea and diarrhea and all these fun bodily functions. Yeah. You kind of uh, forget about the body sometimes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Other, yeah. Other yeah. This one does not let you do that. Doesn't let you at go. All. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what you learn is that you kind of have to get out of the body through this work through the mind and yeah, it's its own onion to unpeel. Um, so anyway, first night was, was pretty painful. Uh, I would say it was humbling. Uh, maybe the last 10% of it was pleasurable, but uh, for the most part, it, it kind of sucked. Um, but I felt like it was necessary to get to that, uh, to get to that important moment, which was to come. Because what I had heard was you have to get through the darkness before you see the light. So uh, I decided to go the second night. Uh, Laura had a, had a pretty rough experience. Uh, I won't get too into it, but she decided not to go the second night. Um, but I ended up going back the second night. Uh, I, I felt compelled. I'm kind of torn now because I, you know, I, I feel terrible for not being with her that night that I'm sure was very tough a night alone after we just lost our dog. Um, and so I don't know, I feel torn internally from that. Uh, but I hope what I'm doing now is making up for it based on what I'm about to say. Um, so the next day, uh, I go back and, uh, this experience was uh, a little bit tough at the beginning, but for the most part was, I'd say about two thirds of it was at least, you know, pure ecstatic joy and like this internal rebirth and this awakening. Um, to get more specific, I felt like I had literally broken through this fear that was kind of holding me back from following um, what was really true to my heart. And you know, this, these, I guess, feelings of justice and care and and these kind of moral things that I've always felt within me that I've wanted to uh, use my ability to connect with people to be able to help further, uh, finally kind of connected within me. And I felt like I was reborn with this new sense of, I'm going to fucking do something. And I saw this, well, I'll tell the exact story. At the last moment when 
uh, the shaman was offering uh, the last bit of medicine, uh, she said, it's your last call for more medicine. And I heard the word medicine kind of reverberate in my head, and it turned into medicinema. And then this vision came of people congregating together from the community and watching films together, then talking about them together, and then taking action together uh, to do something. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Imagine <laughs> if this thing really existed. Like, I would love this place. Cool. So I kind of didn't know how to process it in the moment. The next day, uh, I'm kind of like, holy shit, is this really going to happen? And I come home and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm going to start a business. Like, I, I feel completely reborn. Like, I'm a new person. Uh, I'm going to start a business. So uh, then I read the book, Do Cool Shit, uh, written by uh, a uh, social entrepreneur, Mickey Agarwal. And uh, awesome book that just kind of got me to say, well, fuck it, I'm going to start doing some cool shit. And that involves changing the world. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how that first experience went. It was it was truly profound. Uh, one other thing I noticed, uh, I guess, uh, happened right around then was uh, my uncle passed away. And so we lost him right at the same time, basically as uh, our dog. And when when I went to his celebration of life, uh, you know, it's a moment where you have a lot of family in close quarters, and I noticed something profoundly different about the way that I reacted to them. Typically, being around a lot of family would, you know, get me anxious and stressed out, and, you know, I say things I don't mean, and, you know, just let it kind of get to me, but I felt so damn calm, just chill, and, you know, just a smile on my face, just I'm happy and thankful to be in their presence. It was just, just a really cool change of perspective um yeah so yeah that was my yeah. experience it's like getting wrung out you know like <laughs> like going through the the wash the laundry right. the dryer the detergent the you know bounce sheets whatever. yeah yeah and then you're you know all get the lint out and then you get the shirt and it's a it's a new shirt you know it's a you're, you're a new you i've i i i relate to that it's it's an amazing thing what was the fear that you experienced? What did it look like? What came to you in that moment when you said, holy shit, this is the thing that's holding me back? What did, what did that look like? So that's an interesting question. No one's ever asked me in that way. And uh, so I, I sat back and I had to think for a minute because I remember so many different visions and things that I did not have the intention of seeing and I remember in that second night, someone near me at the ceremony when we were setting our intentions at the beginning said they, they went in with no intention. They just wanted the medicine to do its work. And I kind of thought of that because I talk about this with my wife a lot. Like, you know, the intention setting seems like we're trying to force things. And isn't that kind of the problem with everything anyway? You know, when we're in a yoga class, shouldn't we let the intention be to be present in that class and see where that goes? Um, and so yeah, I thought that was a really interesting take. And so that's what's interesting is I don't even remember the intention that I had for that ceremony. I just remember that someone else said that and that mine ended up being completely opposite of what I had actually um, set. So getting to the fear, trying to make sense of it, it at least makes me think that maybe it's this this fear of, of expectation or, um, I don't know, the, the fact that I just kind of got into a career that could give me, you know, steady money to where I 
could just keep doing that to make money because I felt like, or because my subconscious might've thought that that was what it was. Cause if I, you know, if I, people can do good with the money, but, um, I guess I had never thought in that way of, Oh wait, maybe I can apply what I'm doing, um, to become a business, to do some good, um, to make money by doing good and to drive money to these other causes instead of, you know, hoarding a bunch of wealth, like, a CEO of a corporation might do. It's about using this organization to help spread more resources uh, to the causes that really need it. Yeah, this this really just comes from like a a change in your heart space. I, I mean, these kinds of changes, the the kinds of, the, the kinds of people that decide to do these sorts of things, it's not that they're you know it's not like there was a law that was passed that like mandated you to like you have to do good now and share your wealth and. That doesn't change people. That just forces people to do something that they don't want to do. And people get triggered by that and they get angry and they go, well, fuck you. Like if I'm the owner of a corporation, like I should be able to keep all these profits. Like you shouldn't be able to tell me what to do with my money. It's my corporation, whatever. All right, sure. Yeah, maybe they have a fair point. But they, the change has to come from within. I mean, Jesus Christ, could there be more of a cliched saying? I mean, <laughs> but it's... The only way that people change is by changing their hearts and minds, not by changing rules, regulations, and laws. People don't fall in line with those sorts of things. They revolt against those sorts of things. Maybe not enough. <laughs> yeah, no, totally, totally, totally true. Not that um, I'm suggesting that, my Cadillac listeners. But, well, I mean, uh, I've been suggesting... But organize for yeah. good. Yeah, I've been... Uh, kill with love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kill with kindness. <laughs> Well, man, yeah, thanks for sharing that story. I mean, that's that's some profound shit. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know. Yeah, thank you all for listening, and uh, I appreciate you uh, holding this virtual space uh, for me to be so vulnerable. Cool, awesome. Yeah, tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can go if you're here in Denver. Um, yeah, tell them, tell them, give them the whole rundown. Okay, here. quick ego break. Uh, so <laughs> you can find me on, uh, on the beautiful mind altering, uh, platform of Facebook, uh, first name, Bill, last name Burns, B-Y-R-N-E-S. Uh, but, uh, on my business for good side, uh, at good cinema co on Facebook and Instagram and our pretty non-updated defunct, uh, Twitter page. Uh, but yeah, uh, check us out on Facebook. That's where we have our, all of our events. Um, we also have a website, goodcinema.co. Um, that's got all of our past events, future events, current ones. Um, and, uh, another big shout out I want to give is to my wife, Laura Fisher. Uh, she, uh, is our storyteller and she tells stories of humanity. So she's written them about, uh, some very interesting and, um, just amazing people um, that uh, are doing amazing things that were facing very, very difficult situations. And the goal of these stories of humanity is to tie a story of a real person that has dealt with an issue that we're focusing on at one of our events uh, to help build empathy and understanding and um, show a new perspective so that people look at things less as a political issue and more of a human issue. Awesome. Bill, Bill Seibin. <laughs> I release you from your psychedelic nickname for this current period of time. <laughs> this concludes the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Follow Mikeadelic underscore podcast or Mikeadelic podcast, whatever. I forgot what it is. I haven't been paying attention to it so much, and I recently just realized that, you know what? It's probably good to release more content. So uh, follow me on there if you guys want um, 
cool quotes, book recommendations, you know, music that I'm listening to, um, just sharing stories on, on, on Instagram stories and stuff. I'm going to start using Instagram a lot more. So uh, check that out and look forward to chatting with you. As always, message me anytime I will respond. Uh, I love all you beautiful people. Peace. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Hope you guys like these podcasts and enjoy them. And if you do, please spread the podcast, share it, tell a neighbor, tell a coworker, tell a friend, tell a cat, tell a mouse, tell a dog, tell an ant, tell a firefly, tell whoever you tell, share it, spread it, like it, all that good stuff. If you if you really love the show, you want to go a step further, you really want to help us out, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and go to patreon.com, patreon slash Mike Brank, and um, patreon.com slash Mike Brank, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, $2 a month, whatever you want. Help support the show that way as well. But remember, I love you guys no matter what you do. I just love that you tune in and you enjoy these podcasts. Message me. I like hearing feedback. Get in touch with me on Instagram, Mike Adelic Podcast, Mike Brank on Facebook as well. And, um, Thanks to our sponsors, Synchro and Hemp Bombs. If you want a discount on keto, genic, and plant-based nutrition products, go to Synchro and type in the code uh, Mikeadelic at checkout to get 20% off. And they have amazing ketogenic chocolate fudge called Keto Mana that I have all the time because it's, it has like no sugar and carbs in it. So it's great. And, um, and it's delicious. And if you want CBD, uh, go to hempbombs.com and get 15% off all your CBD needs, I guess. And uh, just enter the code Mike15 at checkout. But thank you once again to everybody. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. I love you all. Peace.